Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. We hope everyone is doing well. Jay's here. McLean is here. Our condolences to TCU fans out there. We were doing this on a Tuesday night because we wanted to watch the national championship game. And what a waste. At about 8.15, I was already, we were already regretting it. So it <laughs> got a little bit better earlier. It was a much earlier night than I thought it was going to be. I was getting all locked in on the couch, watched the game, and it's like, oh, all right. Half time. I'm going to bed. Adios. Nice, <laughs> nice try, TCU. Yeah, well, not really. It wasn't really a nice try. No, not a nice try a at all. Awful, pathetic try. Uh, not very good. How are you guys doing? Great. Wonderful. Great. Well, he could be a little bit more enthusiastic, but other than that, you know, having a great night. You know, it's a, a chilly, like 64 here in South Florida. Uh, I'm not going to be quite as grim as Jay. Great. Wonderful. <laughs> Thrilled to be here, are you, bud? I did. Like I said, I did waste three hours of my life last night watching that terrible, terrible game. Uh, I'm now still got, better about it. I'm still better. But now we got Carolina UVA on. We got a good basketball game on. Hey, I'm watching Nicholas versus Crenshaw. I don't know what year this Such is. Golf fan. Where this golf is. Fan. I love it. I love it. Uh, one thing that we do need to mention when we get this uh, show started, where we stopped last time, or where we had an intermission last time. Um, Incredible news with Demar Hamlin. Um, it, this is—it's tough to say it's a a good situation at all, but based off of what we saw, what had happened, um, we're now in a much a much more positive situation. So, you know, awesome to see him making a comeback, and you know, prayers out to him and his family for a full recovery. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, I agree. Uh, one one week ago was pretty uh, pretty different than uh, where he's at now. So, pretty pretty cool recovery to see. I I told Lindy. I was like, hey, he's on his way home to Buffalo. He's, she's like, what? In a week? No way. <laughs> it's so, a, it's yeah. a crazy, it's a crazy, um, it's a crazy series of events for sure. But, it, you know, it's obviously we're learning more, more about the details, you know, as the, as the weeks pass, but the people, all of the first responders there, you know, having an ambulance a defibrillator on the field. I mean, that's those are the things that, you know, saved his life. I mean, had it been like a pickup game with somebody, you know, that he who knows, you know, who knows. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah that it, it is it is really cool. And the, the I don't know if you saw the videos of him two weeks prior. He was interviewed by a, a kind of a local I think it was a local station. And he literally was just talking about how blessed he was to play in the NFL, how lucky he was, how he tries to enjoy every moment. You know, he was saying a prayer with the other DBs and he's like, you just never know when this chance, this is your last moment. You know, I don't think he was thinking maybe last moment on the earth, but your last moment to play in the NFL. And it was just, it was kind of, you know, very, um, you know, fortuitous for him to even think of that. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that's the way that his his brain works and that he's a very spiritual guy, but like just overly grateful to be where he is. And then all of a sudden that happened. And then I don't know, it, it's kind of it's kind of crazy to see see it all kind of transpire. Um, but it is it's a it's a uh, it's a very cool situation in the sense that it's watching him kind of come back from this and it's he's got something positive to believe in like hey man there's something something good's out there that can push you know push people through i don't know what it is but well uh, it restores faith in humanity to a certain extent to see so many people gather around him regardless of yeah. 
where you come from, what your background is, your situation is. Um, it was a pretty much unanimous decision to, you know, surround that camp with positivity mm -hmm. and love. And mm -hmm. it's one of those small things that restores your faith just a little bit in a, in a crazy world that we live in uh, these yeah. days. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it was cool. I, when, when I heard he had FaceTime with the team and um, was like flexing on the camera when they went to him on the FaceTime, I was like, oh, the Patriots are going to get their ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it went from like, oh, maybe maybe the, Patriots, for. maybe the Patriots have a chance. Maybe they're going to be out of sorts and not with it and mine elsewhere. And then once I get the good news that he was on a road to recovery, I'm like, oh, they're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and then my my wife and I were out of town over the weekend, and we get in the car to drive back, and it's like one o'clock, and I'm like, oh, perfect. And she's got Sirius XM, so I found the channel real fast and put it on right before kickoff. And the Bills run it back. She looks at me and she goes, okay, can we change it now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, not yet. No, um, but yeah, it was cool. It was cool. And then, hey, the Bills the Bills won, won me some money. So I hit my under bet on the Patriots win total for the season, which was great. You Kept love them. that. I do. Kept them out of the playoffs. <laughs> We're going to have some firings. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> So what are you boys? Um, or McLean, do you want to ask a question? Gentlemen, we know where I am. It's another beautiful evening here. And ultimately, I want to bring the question to you. Mikey, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> well, thank you, McLean. It was very sweet of you to ask. I am drinking Bland's tonight. Ooh. Oh, whoa. You popped wow. a bottle of Bland's, huh? Wow. Yep. The big yep. hitter for the Tuesday evening. It is, you know. I'm excited. We got some. We can get some good golf to talk about, and uh, yeah, let's go, Blanton's man. This is not a drill. Mm -mm. All right, let's let's move it to my man on the south of my screen right now, Mr. Jay Woodson. What are you pinkies up with tonight? I'm I'm getting real fancy with. Uh, I snagged a bottle. There was a drop in in VA this in Richmond VA this uh, this week. Actually, today. At the end of the day, and I snagged a bottle of Booker's, their third release of 2022, Kentucky Tea Batch, um, and it is, it's primo, primo. Um, it's it's 126 proof. But I was gonna say is, those Booker's, man, those are yeah, they they're but they again, like I'm gonna I'm diving deep here. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay it all out there. They, they're like it's like an uncut, you know, pretty much unfiltered barrel proof. And it just allows so much, you can taste so much in there. There's so much flavor. Now, I'm not going to lie. Some people probably need to throw a cube in there or some water to kind of break it down a little bit. But you can, if if you have a chance to get it, it is. It They're is fiery. Awesome. It's fiery, but it's really, it's really not. Like if you, if you sip it and, and you give it a chance to settle in your, in your mouth and um, it, you can really taste taste how good it is um i'm not well, gonna get you're you're good at i'm not gonna go the... too deep but yeah i'm good at that holding it in there and i'll keep talking <laughs> yeah you, you keep know, talking while you hold it in there yeah, you, you let it settle flavor. in your mouth but you won't let it go too deep i like it you know ricky is so happy right now you're getting kentucky tea bag tonight he's he is just chuckling i, I can only i guarantee it hey i can't change your boy jay gotta be honest kentucky tea bag not too deep but you know so good. There he goes. There he goes. Look at him. 
man. So All right, good. let's let's get into um, get into a little golf. We had the first event of the 2023 calendar year, Century Tournament Champions, Kapalua. Again, it's always always fun to watch. You know, late night, prime time, and then just the the views uh, never get old. I've always enjoyed this tournament uh, and watched a lot of it um, this week. I pretty much watched the entire round on Sunday. So. We got to start with Morikawa. We'll get to Rom. Hold on. Hold on. Before we get there, can we just talk about Kapalua real quick? Sure. It's such a fun and cool venue to watch. You're exactly right. The views, the vistas, it gives a lot to, you know, um, benefit the eye, if you will. Yeah. But at the same time, watching the ball run out, seeing some of the long the long drives that some of the guys hit, um, it, it makes for a fun a fun tournament. Yeah, it's different to, to than you watch. get anywhere else. I mean, it is without question combined with obviously incredible backdrops throughout the entire week. Um, but I, I think that that is one of the tours, great venues. Um, and I, I always, I always enjoy tuning in. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a full field event played at a place like that. See some guys, you know, really attack this course in different ways. I mean, we get, you know, normally 30 guys doing it, but now we're, you know, we're, we're, We've got a little bit different uh, qualifying scenario, but at the same time, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a full field attack that golf course and just see some of the different ways that guys play and who really benefits there. You know, with the smaller field, it's tough to it's tough to really gauge which exact player benefits to the to the largest extent. I'd love to see a little bit more data behind it in a full field event. Yeah, it's, I mean, with the elevation changes at that place, it's you, you get golf shots that you just don't don't see the rest of the year. You know they they play some hilly places, but nothing nothing remotely close to to that. And so, yeah, let's let's get some Morikawa. So, I mean, I, I called my man out last week. I was he was my disappointment for twenty twenty two. Didn't have a great year. Just articles, good start. Off a to disappointment. a great great start for three days, six shot lead. Just like man, my man listened to my podcast. I fired him up. Let's go. Short game looks great. And mm-hmm. hell, e- even through what, 63 holes, you can call it 65 or six, really. Um, it's kind of in control. And then at the same time, Rom's making a charge. He goes bogey, bogey, bogey on three of the easiest holes on the golf course. And just like that, he doesn't even have a chance essentially coming down. 18 had to make an albatross to just get into a playoff. So yeah, what do you what do you what do you guys make of the the collapse, the gag, the choke, the whatever you want to call it um from Morikawa? Well, I, I hate that I missed it. I, honestly, I, I was watching it early. He had a seven stroke lead. There was football and basketball on. I I, I honestly changed the channel and was incredibly shocked to see the result after the fact that uh, may not make me a good co-host to a golf podcast. Um, but <laughs> regardless, um, I, I thought it was a foregone conclusion. The guy looked solid all week. His putting statistics were, you know, I think record breaking or they were close to it. They were unbelievable from his, his standpoint, maybe record breaking for Colin Morikawa. But at the end of the day, it looked like a foregone conclusion. And when I tuned in and saw Sunday evening that John Rahm won, I was a, I was in absolute shock checking scorecards to figure out how in the world did that happen. Uh, it does say a lot about John Rahm, his ability to come from back of the pack and make a charge on Sunday. 
against one of the top players in the world and an incredibly strong field. But I'm really more shocked by Morikawa. And you could say fold. I don't know. Jay, you you tell me what your thoughts on this are, but the guy didn't shoot 76 either. You know, I think what he shot one under or even par. He shot one under, but he shot one under. Yeah. Which don't get me wrong, at a course like that is almost like shooting two or three over in a lot of in a lot of places. I I totally get that. But he didn't he didn't show up on Sunday and shoot 80 either, which we see a lot of guys under mm-hmm. pressure show up and do. It has happened a ton which, on the PJ tour. Which he did his last time he had a lead. I know it was just a the he, hero world challenge in 01. He had a five shot lead going yeah. into it. And, and shot a million, but he was out of it right away. And he even said that this was different at, in his post-game interview. He's like, I'd never had it that day. It never felt right. Where this, even watching him, like he had it on cruise control in the front nine. He shoots three under. And you're like, okay, he didn't, you know, he misses a pretty makeable birdie putt on nine. And then miss one on 10, miss one on 11. They weren't, they were talking, we're talking 15, 18, 20 footers, but they looked good. They, and they were just the burning good. the edges. They still they hit were the ball good, good strokes. And then it's just like, you know, bad time getting your own head with the short game at the same time. Rom's going birdie, 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 eagle, you know? So, yeah. And that, that's know. where I, it's tough to say he folded. I do agree that, you know, he did miss some good opportunities. He, Certainly is, you know, best way to say this. Um, he's one of those guys that's been in contention before. He's now trying to get that that monkey off his back a little bit. But at the same time, I, I think that it wasn't a total fold job. He got beat. You know, he had three days of unbelievable golf. And we all know how tough it is to just keep following that up with unbelievable golf. He was out front Friday, Saturday. I mean, he was well in control of this golf tournament from the get-go he didn't close and that that's certainly something to bring up but at the backside of it it's tough to say that he totally folded because he just he didn't just go out there and, and just start throwing up doubles and hitting the ball you know nine miles off the course and letting pressure get to him he he, he had some woes and ultimately you know he he didn't win the golf tournament but i have a i have a hard time saying that he just he totally folded yeah, I, I would. Uh, I'm kind of mixed here. I mean, you're right. I think I do think John Rahm obviously played incredible golf. Um, you know, he would he shoot ten under. Bogey's the in first the hole round. and shoots ten under. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's incredible golf. So if you've got somebody, if whoever's in second place, regardless of how big of a lead you have, they shoot ten under par, you're going to have to play solid golf. And Morikawa mm-hmm. didn't play solid golf. Um, I think you can, I think it, it, in the last couple of tournaments, obviously that hero world challenge, you, there's definitely uh insecurity there with the short game. Um, he's, he is the, when I say short game, I mean the chipping uh, in particular, uh, he's definitely not comfortable with it. So uh, let's just say, or a short game chipping and then even bunker play, you saw him skull that bunker shot. Like that, yeah. Um, so we know he's he's an incredible ball striker, great driver of the golf ball, but his his weaknesses lie in his short game around the green, even putting. I know he putted well for the most part this week, but uh, your flaws will show under pressure. And it's almost like he he didn't have to chip at all the first couple rounds, first three rounds for the most part. 
So when he was a little shaky, a little nervous, and missed a couple greens, hit a couple squirrely shots, he didn't have that short game to save him. So uh, to use the word choke, I wouldn't say choke. Uh, I, I, he didn't necessarily choke, but he definitely he let this one get away. I don't think that John Rom beat him. If he went out and played just solid golf, he still wins the golf tournament. He played poorly down the stretch in terms of what a what a top tier professional would do. He hit some really bad short game shots. Um, and I, again, I mean, not to get super technical uh, with his game, but, you know, guys who have a lot of uh, I'm, I'm kind of biting off of uh, of what Brandel Chambly said after the telecast. And this is not something that, this is something that I've thought I've thought of as well. We've talked about it on, on the pod, but he just mentioned it um, earlier. The guys who have a ton of shaft lean and have a lot of, you know, you know, with a weak grip, a lot of bow in that left wrist uh, with their chipping, they struggle. They just they can't seem to use the bounce enough. Um, and they and, and when they're under under the gun and they're under the pressure, you get some grainy, uh, some grainy grass and you just stick it in the ground and the ball goes nowhere and vice versa in the bunkers. Guys who have tons of lean in the bunkers are not great bunker players. So if he, it's hard for him to, because they're so, they're so contrasting. They're so different. Like the way he hits, hits golf balls. And then the way he should chip are so different. It's hard for him to find the blend. So if he's a little off with his, uh, you know, with his chipping and, and short game, he's going to hit really bad, bad shots. Um, and, and I don't know, I don't know if he fixes that. I don't know how he fixes it, but he's got to find a way to balance it a little bit. Um, and and we can go back to Tiger. I mean, it was this five, six, seven years ago when Tiger was kind of in that stretch where Tiger was really leaning the shaft a lot, even with his full swing, hitting his irons well, but it just the balance wasn't there between all aspects of his game. And he hit some really, I mean, he had the chipping yips, so to speak. I mean, it's pretty just, much, it's, yeah. It's it strictly stemmed from too much lean. He just couldn't let the club release, and he couldn't use the sole of the club uh, properly. And he and Tiger fixed it because because uh, Tiger's Tiger. Um, but I'm I'm hoping that Morikawa can find a way to to balance it out because he is one of the best ball strikers and drivers of the golf ball in the game, hands down. Um, so I think, like I said, just kind of to recap, I think you could see the insecurities in his golf game. He knows that they, they're not sharp. And he knows, I think he was even during that round, even rounds prior, he's like, I'm just, this is not the grass that I like to hit off of, but the way that I like to play these chip shots, and these bunker shots. So I need to hit every green. And if I miss a green and I can't hit an eight iron or I can't hit a pitching wedge, then I'm going to, I'm going to feel uncomfortable. And, and we could see it towards the end of the end of the round when all the pressure was on he hit some really, really poor shots for a, for a top 10 professional in the world. So it's some, something he's got to, he's got to work on. He's got to fix if he wants to be number one in the world again. Yeah. I mean, well, you could, you could see he's uncomfortable with it. He just, even what I, what I watched to him earlier in the, the tournament, he takes a lot more time around the greens than he does. He he's pretty, he's pretty quick to an extent in the fairways, like, cause he's comfortable with it. It's mm-hmm. like at the yardage, got the club and, and hit it. And you can just see him searching and, you know, he, a lot was made earlier in the week. He's got a new putting coach. He's got a new uh, short game coach to go along with his longtime full swing coach. But you can see that he's working on brand new things and he's trying a lot <laughs> even just during his practice swings. And part of it is, is getting the feel of how that, that club's going to interact with it. But, I mean, 
you put someone who's uncomfortable with their short game on a tight lie into the grain with trying pressure. to win, trying to win a golf tournament. Yeah, good luck. With pressure, good good luck. I mean, well, you can't win on a lot of venues. I mean, you you get them on, you know, a Donald Ross style venue, you can't win. On Bermuda, well, yeah. not even just that. When you have the small tabletop greens, short game is such a big part of being successful that week at a golf tournament. And if you're not confident in those strokes, it's very difficult. Very very difficult. And it takes, yeah. I mean, and just getting used to grain too is is awkward. You know, hell, I grew up in in New England. We didn't have Bermuda grass. I remember when I first went down to Clemson, I was like, "What the hell what is, is this, this shit? What the what fuck is this? Is this? We- what is this weed that I'm what playing is, off of? This golf course sucks. I'm like, oh man, they went to the next one. I'm like, this golf course sucks too. Like, what is this grass? <laughs> like, um, so it, you know, it's tough. I almost, I almost think, like, I hate to say this, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if. Based on the way that he he sets up and swings of uh, the golf club for a full swing, it, it, he can't. He almost can't have the same kind of mentality, same grip, same setup with these short game shots. I, it wouldn't surprise him if he goes to like a completely different grip, like a putter grip, to, which mm-hmm. which promotes more of that the the, the move, movement of the head through the ball, like allowing the head to match up with your hands at impact rather than have so much lean or he goes to like a, a cross handed grip like Matthew Fitzpatrick. Patrick, I mean, yeah. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he ends up doing it. I mean, geez, we had Matthew Fitzpatrick with a cross handed grip win the U S open this year. So, I mean, and, and I would say more is a better ball striker than, yeah. than Fitzpatrick, you know, historically speaking, I mean, they're both yeah. incredible, but more is, is pedigree is probably a little bit higher. Um, but I think they both struggle with the same the same issues there with too much shaffling. And that was Fitzpatrick's um, you know, remedy for that. And I, it wouldn't surprise me more how I kind of follows follow suit or or something similar. Like he's gotta he's gotta do something that's different, you know. That that when he when he grabs the club with a different grip, he just knows like, okay, this is this swing. Whereas if he grabs it the same way that he does with the with his full swing. He has a, just has an innate natural swing to just kind of have that left wrist bowing so much to where he leads, leans the shaft. Um, but if he goes to a different grip, whether it's you know the putter grip or a cross in, it's like okay, this this grip I do this swing, this, and that yeah. can kind of set the tone in his in his brain. Um, so I, you know we'll see. Uh, hopefully he, I hope I I wouldn't I would love to see him try to do something like that. Yeah, his putting stroke looked good all week. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. even the ones that he met, I mean, he had that one three putt on Sunday. I think it was number five, the par five. He had like a 40 foot eagle putt that he three putted and missed like a, you know, three and a half foot comebacker for birdie. Other than that, even on Sunday, I never thought his stroke looked jittery or yeah. definitely not compared to his pitching, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. It's it just he just looks so uncomfortable, even just making those practice strokes. And I know he's he's kind of trying to do some exaggerated swings with those those motions that he was practicing. Just kind of the way his he was trying to clear his hands kind of around his belt line a little bit. It was getting crazy. Um, and so yeah, I, I I don't know. It was it was tough to watch. Um, even though I did predict John Rom would win the tournament. And I needed him to try to beat Jay and the DraftKings. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't want to see that. Uh, him. I, I don't. And I, and I was watching those exact practice swings, Mikey. And I was when when he was doing that, I was just 
thinking like you're, you're you're just promoting. And again, I don't know if this is what his coach wants him to do or if it's a feeling. It's hard to tell. But that that rehearsal, it, when I look at that, I think, OK, you're dragging the handle even more than you already do. And my watching that, I'm like, you're just going to you're going to stick it in the ground even more than you're doing already. So it's I don't know. I don't know if maybe he's working through it, trying to figure it out um, again. I'm We're not trying to be hypercritical, but I'm just I'm just we're just explaining what we see. And hopefully he can work through it and figure it out. But that motion, that practice swing motion, it doesn't look like it's going to do it for him. Yeah, it's but, um, it'll be tough. Do you think this? Do you think this really haunts them? You know, so I know the hero's not quite the level of of tournament, not an official event, but his last two fifty four hole events, he's given up a five shot and a six shot lead. I mean, is this? Yes, I think it, I think it messes with him for sure. He's going to need to have. He's going to need to. The only way he's going to get out of it is to have a big lead and pull it out. Like if he comes from behind, that's great. He'll get the win, but he'll still it'll always still haunt him until he hang has on to a, the lead. And still he has a fifty four until he has a fifty four hole lead and gets it done. That until then he won't be able to kind of put this behind him. It's gonna always be there. He'll think about it every time he goes into you know a, a final round of of a tournament with elite. And he'll even think about it on 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 Saturday going into uh the final stretch if he's close to the lead. Do I even want the lead? I mean, I, I, that, it sounds crazy, but like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm tied for the lead. You know, is it better for me just to, you know, kind of hang back and be conservative and just try to come from behind? Or do I want to press on and try to have the lead and bear that pressure uh, overnight? And I mean, that, golf is such a crazy game, but you have so much time, you know, in between shots, in between rounds, whereas every other sport, you know, it's it's a lot more fast paced. You got the time element involved, but yeah, I think I think it definitely I think it definitely messes with him mentally. I don't think it haunts him. I think the short game might haunt him. I don't think this tournament haunts him. I think he has to get that under control. I, I think he's good enough that he will overcome it. I mean, he's such a natural athlete, especially with a golf club in his hands, that he's gonna get in front of the right people. They're gonna get the club in the right position. They're gonna show. I mean, I I'm I'm someone who plays with a lot of forward shaft lane. And when I chipped my absolute best, and I used to be really good around the greens, I chipped with a different grip. It was much weaker than the grip that I made my normal golf shots with, with a lot less shaft lane. And it was because of that. That was the only way that I could utilize the bounce and be successful. The only way I could pinch something and catch it crisp around the greens. I chipped with a, an open face with a very weak grip. And that, I, I played a lot of spin with my golf shots. Colin Morikawa is someone that is tries to play a, a lot of those same shots and i'm not trying to relate myself to him because there's obviously no comparison i mean you are you are basically saying you're Colin <laughs> no no i, that's I mean that's I what i'm getting that's where that's i, what like, I'm I gathering. heard the same thing real quick. like i don't want to i don't want anyone to think i'm trying to make a direct relation because <laughs> there's no there's no comparison but in terms of just technique and and what he has to do I'm yeah. familiar. I'm familiar with that it makes yeah. sense to to why he's struggling but it also makes sense to kind of what he needs to do and how he needs to kind of neutralize that, that grip a little bit. He needs to get that shaft in a little bit more of a vertical position and ultimately try to shallow out that, that club head. You know, he's incredible in that one, that 100 yard, to 150 yard range because of the way he traps the ball so well, you know, he can hit those little wedges with just incredibly, incredible precision. But at the same time around the greens, as we've seen, 
And Colin Morikawa was a great example of that this week. There are certain venues where it does not harm you as much as others do. You know, around Kapalua, you can you can use a lot of low lofted clubs kind of around the greens and really kind of putt through a lot of that fast grass and get over some of those, or I shouldn't even say get over. You don't put yourself in as many of those uncomfortable situations. You know, we saw him in enough of them as it is, and it's incredible that he was able to overcome them and remain in control of this golf tournament as long as he did. At the end of the day, there's a lot of venues on the PGA Tour that are going to put that in the forefront, you know, not being able to get up and down. As we all know, you know, you look at a tour pro, I've always said uh, a tour pro good round is uh, a 68 with six birdies and two bogeys. And he probably hits 12 to 13 greens. He gets up and down four to six times around. A guy that can make six birdies but can't get up and down misses the cut. Yeah. And that's unfortunately yeah. what it is. That's how fine that margin is. And we all know that. So if he's not able to write that ship or find himself on a golf course that you know gives him the ability to not have to hit those shots or gives him the, the opportunities not to have to hit those shots, then he can excel on a golf course that is more demanding around the greens. It's going to be very tough if he doesn't get this under control. Yeah, I think they're, you're right. hundred um, percent. I think, I think the grass has a, a plays a huge part in this, um, you know, bent grass. It's a, it's a, it's not quite as sticky. It, it, the club can glide through the grass. There's not as much grain. And on top of that, a lot of the, the courses that they play on tour, uh, I'd, you know, I, I don't know the exact percentage, but I feel like the majority of them play with more rough around the greens, which is an easier way to play your chip shots. It's like, okay, I, I missed the green. I'm only, you know, say the pins back left. I, I hit it a little too hard and I pulled it a little bit. I'm only 15 feet from the hole. All I have to do is play this kind of mini little explosion shot out of this fescue rough and just pop it on the green. Uh, you're not dealing with with grain. You're not you're not having to be so precise. You can almost yeah. The play contact little... doesn't matter as much. Exactly right. So I feel like he can get away with that. It's a different kind of shot. Um, whereas when you're on tight tight Bermuda. Uh, you really have to be precise. It's you know not just with your contact, but you have to be precise with your angle of attack and leading edge and using the balance. And it's like, okay, that's not that's not his strong suit. And obviously, we 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 saw it this, this weekend. But um, yeah, I feel like he's I don't want to say he's been able to get away with it because that's that that's selling him short. I mean, he's one of the best players in the game, but it's it's a little easier for him to hide behind his his insecurity with his short game with the courses that the PGA tour plays and, and allows him to, to, you know, play to his strengths, which, which are driving the golf ball, great iron play, uh, great iron play. And he can play those little mini, you know, explosion shots out of the fescue rough with, with no harm, no foul, not as concerned with, you know, the leading edge and using the bounce and so forth. So, um, you know, there's there's just going to be, there's times where he can get away with making two or three bogeys because he didn't get mm -hmm. up and down, mm -hmm. but he has to overcome that with sure. four to seven birdies per round. And there are yeah. venues that allow him to do so. There are times where he's able to overcome that with his ball striking, but there's a lot of places, especially when you look at major championship venues where you, you can't overcome that. You mm -hmm. don't have as many birdie opportunities out there. You have 
stronger or tougher situations around the greens than you would in normal PGA Tour events. I mean, you look at a U.S. Open, for example. Around the greens is one of the toughest parts of a U.S. Open because of the mm-hmm. grass changes so drastically. You know, you can go from a very tight lie to a very fluffy lie and a very tough lie. You get into some Kentucky bluegrass on side of some bent grass. You know, the lies are so different, but you have to be able to play both of them. Your ball is yeah. one foot apart, and you have to play both shots completely different. And it's yeah. very tough if you don't have your short game tightened up to win the major golf tournaments on the major venues. Yeah, it was it was just surprising too because he he had been kind of a I'm not gonna say step on your throat, but he's he's put away golf tournaments, right? The guy's won five times in two majors, and uh, in those he he kind of put people away, and to just not see him do it was pretty shocking. Especially, I I almost stopped paying attention, just like you, McLean. That you know you stopped watching. I I almost did the same thing. Did he get too far out? Did he get complacent? Maybe a I little. Mean, it, I mean, the reason I stopped watching, it looked like a foregone conclusion. He was up seven through, you know, like eight holes. And it just looked like a foregone conclusion. I think it was one of those things where, like, he missed, like I said, nine and 10, 11. He missed some birdie putts. And he probably wasn't thinking a bunch. Like, okay, I'm still three under on the day. Okay, yeah, my lead's five, whatever. But it was one of those places where if you're not making birdies, you're going backwards. Yeah, that's and, and then it just, you know, it's it's a place where you, you got to shoot 67, you know, or, yeah. or, or 68. One, one under out there, in all honesty, is like shooting three over par. I mean, there was only, in the final round, there was only four guys who shot one under or worse. Morikawa, one under. Uh, uh, Matsuyama, one under. Uh, Thigala, one under. And then Ryan Brim shot five over the last round. Obviously, you know, first-time player at that golf course. Three guys shot one over or worse um, in a thirty-eight man field. That that yeah. that should tell you something. Like that's he didn't play well. Um, you know, I know it's one under, but the golf course is easy considering the fact that the the leader shot twenty-seven under, and last year Cam Smith set the scoring record thirty-four so, under. So uh, it's an easy golf course. So one under is not very good out there. So you know, to say he didn't, you know, he didn't choke. He he probably did let it go a little bit. Maybe got a little complacent. Maybe got a little lazy mentally. Like you, you know, when you, it's hard. I mean, you know, to, to to go into a final round with a lead like that, you've got to you got to set your own little goal. You have to kind of look at the the next closest player and say, "Hey, I've got a six shot lead. If I shoot four under today, uh, this guy's got to shoot two under, or I'm sorry, you got, they got to shoot ten under to tie me. Okay, let me shoot four under." Let me see this guy tie me with 10 under par. Yeah. And if they do, and I played a solid round of golf, I'll shake their hand and move on. But you know, the opposite happened where you get you get kind of lost in the in, in the in the moment and you forget what you're what you're doing, um, which is easy to do. I'm not I'm not I've done it a, a tons of times. Um, but it's it seems like that was the case. And Colin just kind of lost track of what was going on and, and what he was doing. He started backtracking a little bit and if he just stick to what what he was good at hitting fairways hitting greens um and and making making birdies on on those easy holes I mean, he shoots four or five under in his sleep i mean he was he was 20 he was 26 under par going in the last was it 25 or 26 under par going in the last round 26 under par no 24 under par. 24 yeah he was it's like average of eight under a day it's a, that's crazy it's exactly that 
Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's well, crazy, it, though. Know, it, it's also tough to put together. That was good math, by the uh, way. Real, real quick. Real good math. Like fucking <laughs> dialed. It's also pu- tough to put eight nines back to back to back mm-hmm. to back. His bad one just happened to be his eighth. And yeah, you know, a lot of times you see someone have their bad nine Friday, Saturday morning, afternoon, whatever it looks like. You're right. You're right. He put seven solid nines together and just happened to finally run out of steam on the back nine. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it just happened to be Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Bad timing. And and look, that all makes sense. And if that happens on Saturday and he finds himself in contention on Sunday and it gets a little bit dicier and he has, he's back and he's got that momentum going, you know, he may respond a little differently. Unfortunately, it just seemed like he kind of ran out of steam a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, he still played an incredible golf tournament. It's, and it's, I feel like he got caught by surprise a little bit. I mean, I think yeah. he was totally on cruise control. And but you can't, you can't he didn't you expect can't get- to make those five bogeys. I mean, what was he? He was bogey free for how many holes? I mean, it was an incredible event he was putting on. But you can't but, get caught by surprise. You can't. Like you, you, you can't. But it does yeah, happen. Like yeah, it happens. Can, and you look it, back it, on that, and this is one of those it, situations where he'll look back on. He might not get caught by surprise again. But it yeah, still happens. It's still it, no. It, it it does happen. But I'm just saying, like if you want to be that type of player, you can't. You can't be. You can't be caught by surprise. You know, you've got to, it's like when you play match play, you you have to expect your opponent to make every shot. Like you have to, you know, and that's just, I remember, and and McLean, you would know this. I was playing the, the, it was the Carolina series, the Hooters tour, the first year they had it. And I, I had a really nice summer. I had won. What course? um, Shit. I can't remember. It was in Charlotte. But I'd won three straight tournaments on the Carolina series. I was playing some really good stopped. golf. Can't be stopped. well. It was they were limited fields or small fields, but I was just playing good golf. I was playing really well, and then I got to the fourth tournament, trying to win four in a row, and I played great. The first it was a three round tournament. I played great the first uh, the first three rounds and our first two rounds in the last round. I was just, I kind of was thinking about it, you know, same kind of similar situation. I just wasn't focused on me. I was focused on who was, who was attacking me instead of me going out and saying, Hey, if I shoot three under par here, they, they've got to shoot six, seven under par to catch me. And I backtracked a little bit. I shot one under just like Morikawa and I tied with uh, Yosh, our, our buddy, Uh, Yosh, Yosh tied me. We went to a playoff. Went to a playoff and uh, the first hole, I think it was the first hole. I had a good shot in there to like 12 feet and Yoshit won to like 25 feet. And I was just like, okay, he's not going to make that. I'll just let me focus on making my putt. And And my, my expectation was like, he can't make this, you know, that's not going to happen. And he made it. And I was like, okay, now I was like, and then the panic set in and you're like, oh, I've got to focus here. I've got to make this. And I missed it and I lost, you know, but it's, it's, it's no different. Like you have to expect your opponent to make every shot in that match play format. Obviously this is a little different than a stroke play for, for Rom and, and Morikawa. But when you're leading by six shots, you have to expect that anything is possible. And if you have to go out with that, that crazy mentality, like, Hey, I'm going to do what I can do and control. I'm in control of me. And that's it. I'm going to go out and shoot four or five under par. And, and I'm going to make John Rom shoot 11 under par, or 10 under par to beat me. And if he does it, then, it, it, and then and that's fine like you still played a good round of golf you played great but 
obviously that's not, not what happened. We saw him backtrack and shoot. I know it sounds backtrack sounds bad, but one under par on that golf course is like backtracking. Yeah. Um, and you know, he didn't, he didn't get it done. So I'm sure he'll learn from, him. he's a smart dude and he's a good player, great player. So I, I'm sure he'll, he'll rebound, but he'll definitely think about it. Uh, these last two tournaments for, for the next couple of months. One thing I look at too, that I think might've cost him other than his short game is if you go to the 15th hole, he mishit that drive. He's already giving up yards to Rom off the tee, but he pulls, mishits his drive. And I'm, I have the stat tracker up for both guys on the 15th hole. Rom makes eagle, and that's when he gets a one back. And I think Morikawa was still on 14 at that time, hadn't made his first bogey. Um, Morikawa had 227 yards in on 15. John Rom had 157 yards on in on 15. It's a big difference. <laughs> he hit he hit eight iron. Morikawa was trying to feather in a five wood, and hits it down into that gully down there where he then flubs the chip, the pitch shot up the hill, which was a difficult shot. But I go back to that. Like, okay, you made you made bogey on 14, the drivable hole where you hit it in that fairway bunker. It had that awkward yardage little bit of a longer bunker shot with a long carry false front. He, he blades it. Okay. Tough shot. I made a bad swing. I blade it made bogey, but then you got to be thinking, okay, I got a reachable par five ahead of me and to be giving up what 70 yards. To, yeah. That's to your opponent is, is who's huge. also, who's also one of the top five talents in the world. Yeah. Yeah, and you're going to say, "Hey, are you you take an eight iron in, and I'll take a five wood." <laughs> you know, I think if Morikawa has a a five iron in, it it changes. I think he can put that thing in the center of the green, two putt for a birdie, and mm-hmm. kind of settle things there. Um, and so his his lack of distance combined with a little bit of a miss hit on that pulled tee shot on fifteen uh, was was huge. I don't think enough people are talking about that. Everyone's going to go to the, the flub shot on 15, but the reason he was down in that gully is because he was trying to feather a five wood off a hanging lie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. But what do you, true. what do you guys, what do you guys make around? We haven't, we've barely talked about him. It's all been Morikawa, you know? Um, I think he's, a, I, I think he's a man on a mission this year. Like he is like, this guy's dead set on, you know, trying to regain his status as as the number one player in the world and and like a dominant number one player in the world. He wants to beat. I do. I I like I like the Spanish guys, man. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I, you know my my uh, affinity for for Sergio, and I know he can be politically, you know, incorrect at times. But from no, a he's golf not standpoint, correct is just a DB. <laughs> well, now we're I censored mean, here now apparently yeah. we're censored here but he i mean again they, they just have a fiery attitude they're they're very passionate and he's very passionate he can he can be very outspoken as well and people are, are turned off by him in the states but i do like the competitiveness like the fire that he has you know all these spaniards do you know you look at you know like Sevi and and uh some of these other guys and i mean jose was not really I don't know if he was quite as fiery as uh, as these guys. Oh, were. he was. He was just he was he wasn't as outspoken about it. Yeah, was yeah. Not the, there wasn't social media and, and all the cameras in his face. So Jose True. was very fiery. 
without yeah. question. You saw that in certain instances uh, throughout his career. But I agree with you, and I think Rom is poised for a, an incredible year. He's obviously a great talent. Uh, I'm not his biggest fan, but I, I I respect him. Yeah, I like his game. I, I like what he does. You know, it's, it's it's one of those tough situations for me because I respect the guy. I'm just not his biggest fan. I, I just mm-hmm. I don't love the guy. He's yeah, not. I can't figure out my fandom or lack thereof for Rom. I feel like that's, there's some that's sometimes I, I feel like I'm kind of rooting for him and then sometimes I feel like I'm not rooting for him and I don't know if it has to do with who he's competing against in a given week and who he's going up against if I just like somebody more than him or I, I don't know. I, I think he's great for the sport. I think it is good to have a little bit of a fiery guy. He's obviously got an incredible game and like I, I do think he's on a mission. I, I said it last week. I think he's going to win the FedEx Cup this year and um, push Rory for number one in the world, if not get to number one in the world because he's on this mission. He just has that kind of chip on the shoulder, pissed off look on his face. And- Gotta have it, man. Every every single every single dominant player in every single sport has it. Michael Jordan would make up these fake narratives of 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 what people would say about him or do to him, and uh, to to kind of drive himself. And you talk to those people later on in their career, later on in life, and they're like, I don't know what he was talking about. I never said any of that stuff. I mean, in all honesty, like that, that's that's the truth. And he's like, I, I never said that to Michael. Like, I don't know where that came from. But the same thing with Tom Brady. I mean, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Um, you know, I, you look at these guys who are the greatest at their sport, at their sport, and at least in our generation, and they all have that. And and, and Tiger had that too. I mean, Tiger it was just, he had a chip on his shoulder for, for other reasons, you know, growing up and, and, you know, you know, not being able to play certain golf courses. And that was his kind of drive. Like you, you telling me, I can't do this. I can't play here. I'm going to show all of you guys how incredibly great I am. So, but Rom, you know, he has his own, his own uh, things that he's trying to accomplish and he's got his own chip on his shoulder but yeah I, I you know that's a good good point though mikey i, I wanted to kind of dive into that a little bit i know we want to move on but why is it that people don't like him like and i want to say don't like him it's not like you hate him i don't think anybody hates john rom no but like why why do people not really love him like why does he not have the fan base you know what is it is it is it this golf swing is it his his uh is it, it the could responses? Be. The responses that he has to the commentators is it the fact that he's just he's he's from another country and we can't pick up on his his humor or we can't pick up on the language barrier. Maybe he's not articulating enough because because it's a different language. It, and I you know I don't want to judge him unfairly. I mean this is the second language for him, so it's like you know I, I can't imagine if I had to go to Spain and learn a new language and then try to be able to stand in front of the media and articulate what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. And they're like, Oh, that you're really rude when you say it like that. I'm like, Oh, I'm not trying to be, but you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, there's something that's missing there because I think he just has a little bit of that. And when he does interviews, he has a little bit of that. I don't want want to say I don't give a fuck attitude because he definitely does give a fuck, Mm -hmm. but I don't know how I'm saying. I can't say this how I'm. I'm trying to. That's the way it comes across, and and that's kind of what I'm. Yeah, just a is little it, bit of because... little prickly, little like I, you know, I don't need, Yeah, I don't need this. Like, 
you know, you're wasting my time. Is that the language barrier? You know, is that I say language barrier, meaning like I'm obviously can speak English. He speaks very well, but they're all they're all anytime it's not your first language, there's a little bit of there's a difference between how people interpret your tone, you know, and, and that's something that's it's hard to teach that. You can teach somebody how to speak the language, you can teach them how to understand the language, but it's hard to teach them the tone and how how people accept your words. And and I I, I don't know. I, and maybe like I said, we we've seen this with a lot of the Spaniards, like that meant that just the way that they interpret the English language, that's the way it comes across. And I think they get ridiculed for it. All of them. I mean, Seti was that way too. I mean, he would say, oh, yeah. he would say things and people are like, whoa, why'd you say it like that? And Sergio and and John Rahm and apparently Jose. I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't heard Jose really dive in as much as those three guys, but I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm it's interesting. Like, I don't even know like my own, like my own thought on him. Some like I just said earlier. I, I I sometimes I like him, sometimes I don't. I can't even figure him out. It's yeah. Um I, I will say he's sporting a great beard right now. A <laughs> tremendous beard. Get it? He's. Uh, I forget who it was. Somebody put it on Twitter. He's. He's taken over as the best beard on the PJ tour now that DJ's. DJ's out of here. It would be third best on this podcast. <laughs> Who's behind him? You. <laughs> <laughs> I keep. I have to keep mine short. You guys go a little thicker. I have to keep mine short. You know. You're. You're way more polished. Yeah. Got to, I get that. Well, none of us are polished, but you know, I, this I'm I'm definitely digressing here. But when is the next player that we're going to see with like face tattoos? I feel like that's where we're going. Like, oh, when's Post Malone going to play on the PGA Tour? Like, see, I mean, we had, the big issue this past week was the guys wearing their shirts untucked. Like, well, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Uh, I want to I want to oh, bring that up real fast. Sorry, but I'm jumping right. the gun. Any more? Any more Rom comments? More cow comments? I want to have a little quick. Hot button. Rom has a better year. Rom has a better year. Done. Better year than Morkow. Oh. I I like Colin Morkow. I fucking love Colin Morkow. He's number two or three behind Justin Thomas. Um, But (laughs) try to stir the pot a little. Try to stir the pot a little. I knew Justin Thomas was going to screw me this week. At the end of the day, Rom's going to have a better year. He is. I, I agree. He is throttled down, pure in virtually all spots of his game right now. He doesn't have a major weakness. Yeah, he's got a more complete If it game. does, it's putting, but he hits the ball so good, he only has to putt decent. Yeah. yeah. So it, when he has good putting weeks, we're going to see him hoisting a trophy. It, it is what it is. Fan, fanhood or not, that's, that's yeah, the yeah. reality of the Absolutely. situation. Yeah. All right, so a couple of things that, that came about over the weekend, some other things. It was great to see Spieth doing Spieth things. Sure enough, on was it Thursday, I watched him miss like a two-and-a-half, maybe not even a two-and-a-half, two-footer. I was like, oh, Spieth's back. And then like three holes later, he's just at the back of the green, full swing, flop shot in the hole. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I love my van. And then did you see the clip of him going over talking to the guys that were gambling? No, I didn't see that. That's, he, that's he, funny, though. It's like t- he's got a two-foot putt. He he makes it, and he walks right over to these two guys in the back of the green, and the mics picked him up. He's like, hey, I hear you guys gambling or exchanging money, and I appreciate it. I'd be doing the same thing, but not when I'm over my putt or whatever, and just kind of gave him a laughing fist bump kind of thing. They were, like, gambling on what the players were doing, if they were going to make their putt or not, and they were nice. outwardly, like, talking about it and exchanging money. 
Um, and apparently said it loud enough that Jordan heard it over. Yeah, and Jordan heard it. Yeah. So that was funny. Um, Scotty Scheffler, I thought he had a chance. He had to finish, uh, I think it was a two-way tie for third and get number one in the world. He falls short. He looked a little rusty in some areas. He hit some really some really squirrely shots. There was a one par five where he chunked it so bad it didn't even go in the hazard. It went to a fairway bunker. Just laid the sod over it. I think that was number five, maybe, on Sunday. I, um, I would and just a quick comment on sure. Scotty Scheffler. I, I I I really appreciate his game. I think last year he went from a kind of a middle of the road. When I say middle of the road, middle of the road top tier player to obviously you know number one player in the world. But I with with a swing like that and so many moving parts. It wouldn't surprise me if we see Scotty Scheffler do a lot of this up and down. Like yeah, I think I he's going to hit hit these hot streaks where he can he can roll off a, you know a couple wins and a bunch of top fives, but then you're going to see him miss like three or four cuts in a row or you know finish 40th three weeks in a row. There's just you know not to get not to dive so deep into swing mechanics, but I'd, I'd there love is to finish 40th three weeks in a row. Uh, uh, no, no question, no question. I mean, hey, I, so best. would I. So would I, but I mean, if you want to, if you want to submit yourself as one of the, I get it. I know where I know where at. Um, but I, I just, I just think that there's so many things going on there. Like it's just no way to time that out. And uh, like I said, with not to dive into swing mechanics, but there's a reason that all of these guys, all these guys' golf swings are starting to look very, very similar. It's because there is, there is a way. I should say a way, but there is a, there is a there's a window of, of, of mechanics that work better than others. And I think he's outside of that window. I think he is outside of that window in a lot of different areas. He's a and big timing guy. Yeah. He's a big timing he's a guy. When big his timing timing guy. Long, he's tough to beat when it's off a hair, you're exactly right. I, I, I agree with tough. you. He's going to have peaks and valleys, but when he has peaks, they're going to be fucking incredible. We've already seen sure. that. And sure. We'll, we will see more to that. I, I don't think he will ever find a valley. It's tough to say that. I, I don't want to say that and put that on him, but it, it's tough to foresee a valley that gets him out of the game, though. No, no, I don't think I don't think he's going to lose his card. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. I, I think I just, he's one of those guys that he's a long termer. He'll have two or three down years, but he'll come back and win three or four, and you know have two or three down years, but. At the end of the day, he's one of those guys that because he's so natural, I think it it's long term. And he's got a really good short game, which goes a long way too. He for, puts the eyes out of the ball. When puts it really ball. good. Whereas somebody like Matt Wolf, he came on the scene hot, lots of good timing, rolling, a lot of confidence, and he you know won a couple of events. And uh, what has he done lately? I mean, got I, paid. I, I got, got paid. paid got paid by a sponsor but if he doesn't keep his card he got, in paid, the next he got, years, he got paid by the live tour no I, I yeah i know i'm just saying like if he doesn't keep playing well like we're not going to see this guy anywhere like he, he i mean for, he forgot keep, he was on live tour for a second but he'll keep playing but i'm just saying we won't he won't even be in the mix anywhere you know because like for that i'm just his, i'm trying to his, the the amount of time because of his, that is relied on that golf swing in that game you're 100 correct he just can't keep crap. it up over and over. And I like, I, and he, he did, he made a great move. I think for him to go over there and get paid and take that money because I don't, I didn't think that he was going to continue to, to 
to keep playing and, and play at a high level with that, with that type of move. Um, but you know, and the same thing with Scheffler, not, not at that, he's not as, as extreme as, as, as Matt Wolf, but very similar in the sense that it's a lot of moving parts, a lot of things. Going it is, on. it is, it um, is. I'm with you. I'm with you. But we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, again, he's already cemented himself as he, he did earn him or earn the, the, the ranking as number one player in the world. So they can't take that away from him. he was number one player in the world at one time. So can't yeah. take it away. Yeah. I, I agree on that. Pretty much all your Scotty takes there. It's, uh, uh, Xander WD's back issue. Jay predicted him to win the tournament, and then you got him out of your DraftKings lineup in time. I did. Thank God. I saw that last minute. What a wuss. <laughs> he did not look like still so. One. He's still one. Did y'all enjoy me finishing dead uh, last yeah. this week? <laughs> we did. We were going to get to that, but yeah, it was it was very nice. Well, let's go ahead. Left. Let's go ahead and get in there. We can get to our picks. We can get this thing. We got a couple more, a couple more things left. Uh, um, I, yeah, I didn't. I did see that last minute. I mean, I didn't realize that after after we did the pod. I realized that he. I mean, uh, he had some type of stomach bug. So obviously, I'm joking. He's not a wuss. I mean, he was. Sounds like he had a stomach bug early in the week, and then he went no, from a, a back a back issue. Back. Yeah, but, but he. Earlier, he had a stomach bug, and that's why he was questionable with a stomach issue. And then I don't—the back issue is what what caused him. So to he withdrew. He withdrew from the pro am on Wednesday with a back issue. I guess he messed up his back at the Hero, and has been battling it for a few weeks. Played round one, and then said no, no, and was done. I I watched him hit a couple of shots on TV. I mean, his ball speed on the tee box was like in the one sixties. Like he was just babying it out there. That's pretty good. That's what it me and you hit hit it at, right? Uh, fuck, I wish I did. <laughs> well, you're talking about a guy that's normally in the high 170s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, Tom Kim, he's rocketing up my list of he's just one of my favorite golfers to watch. If you can't root for that kid, I don't know what's wrong with you. The whole story of him now being like best friends with Jordan Spieth, did you catch all this? So he moved to Dallas. He's Cameron McCormick's is now his coach. He plays at Dallas National with all the guys. Spent he flew back from Hero with with Jordan on his private jet, and then his none of his family was around for Christmas. So he spent Christmas with the Spieth family. Was like babysitting Spieth's kid. Like I, I don't know. The guy is just awesome. Every time you hear him talk, it's I love him, and he can play, and the guy can play. You see him hold that shot out and then turn back to the cameras. Did you get that on camera? Yeah, like, of he's... course they got it on camera. There's like 17 of them out here. Why would they not get that on camera? But it was funny that he even said it. Oh, he's wow. just like so childish sometimes, like just so like just happy go lucky kid. It's um, it's awesome. Anyways, that's I just Tom Cam. I love the guy. So that's it. And then okay, so last question: JJ Spawn. I can't remember if it was a Friday or Saturday. He goes out there with the. The Hawaiian shirt, buttoned down, untucked. What'd you guys make of that? It's it's where golf is going. You got you got to let it you got to let it out. It was a button up with a collar. I get it. I'm a traditionalist in many facets of this game, but I'm also someone that supports the evolution of this game. I, I like to see it move into a more, you know. 
I'll say this. It's way better than fucking joggers. Way better. Than <laughs> so I, let me just go in on JT real quick because JT is one of the most stylish guys on the tour has been for the longest. He absolutely nails it most days. I don't remember if it was Saturday, Friday, whatever it was. He had joggers and still had on the Footjoy premieres or whatever the, the high end line mm-hmm. is now. Not a good look. If you're going to wear the joggers, you have to have an athletic shoe underneath the jogger. You can't go in there with a traditionalist jogger. You can't go in there with a traditionalist shoe with a jogger. You've got to have a pant if you're going to wear the traditional shoe. If you're going to go in there with joggers, get an athletic shoe on your foot, whether it doesn't look right. It didn't look right, JT. It wasn't your move, and it didn't look right. Look, at the end of the day, I would rather watch JJ Spawn where Tommy Bahama button downs versus watching anyone wear joggers. And if you're going to wear them also wear them with a full leather traditional golf shoe that does, that, that does not mix. We have, there's a line it's in the sand. You choose which side you want to be on, but there's a fucking line and we got to figure it out. This, this doesn't work long-term. So who's who's JT's sponsor? Grayson. I don't even Grayson, they make, Grayson. they make great apparel. However, I will yeah. say, and I, I hesitate. I don't want this to come back on me, but because I, lo- I like their shit and I like their owner. The long story short, Eric Van Ruyen has been a Grayson guy for a while. Yep. And Grayson didn't make a post. And I'm not one to, to say a lot on social media. I pretty much stay off of it for the most part. I like to watch everyone else's shit show and move on. Eric Van Ruyen had some... Royan, Royan, whatever the fuck it is. We got it. Yeah. He had some joggers <laughs> on one day and, and Grayson was literally like, name this look in three words. My only response was his wife's pants. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, the joggers, there's, it's not a thing. It's not going to catch on. And if you're wearing joggers, you don't need formal pockets. Like go ahead and embrace it. Let's, let's get a jogger, an yeah. untucked, like you know, mock collar, the way Tiger made cool in 2007. And an athletic shoot. Let's, let's go. If you're going to lean into the look, lean all the way into it. You can't go halfway. You can't go FJ premieres with joggers. That's not a look that does not work. There has to be limits. We yeah, have okay, to get okay. regulation out there. This, this isn't a thing. You've gone so many places. I don't know what to respond to. Um, not, I, I, I have a, I have a very, very steadfast feeling towards joggers so and how I, they're worn. I'm as far as the JJ Spawn shirt and like your initial take is I'm okay with some of these modern changes. Um, there's still a good traditionalist in me, but um, let's make golf young. Let's make golf hip. You know, I'm okay with some of that stuff. Uh, I'm not okay with JJ Spawn shirt just because it's a hideous look. The old man <laughs> button up Tommy Bahama Hawaiian shirt. I'm sorry. I am out on that. I could care less if it's it tucked, untucked. That style is not me. Sorry. Hoodie, <laughs> I'm fine with now. If you yeah. untuck it, I don't care. But the button up Hawaiian Tommy Bahama shirt, whatever the hell he was wearing, nope. <laughs> sorry. I'm out. I mean, I think Ryan Moore could have got him a hipster version of a button up that he could have worn untucked that was and would have worked out well. Hideous. That but was Ryan awful. Moore was not there to get in front of that. I, I agree with not, you. It was would, not a good look. Better I would than not the wear the jogger, though. Yeah, I would not wear the 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 Hawaiian shirt either, but 
he he wasn't away, so he's yeah. yeah we're he at the we're to, at the pool when you're having a you know yeah. But I think he was it. trying to pay homage to the the state that he. I'm was sorry, in. pay I, what? I get it. Pay what? Pay what? I'm. I, I just I wanted you to repeat. What what was he paying? To? I think he was trying to pay you know pay respect to being in the, no, the state no, of Hawaii. No, 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 no. I want you to say that word again. I want you to pronounce it the exact way you did the first time. Pay homage. Why is why is Nailed that it. funny? Nailed it. Why is that funny? What am I missing? What am I missing? We're we're not two out of three on homage, are we? Like it's homage. Like Mike, you're, you're are you back? Are you back in Jay with homage? I think, I think I'm we, back in we, Jay. You, really? Homage? I've said pay right, homage right, to look, listeners. We're making homage? a post I've about homage. Things. I want to see it in. I want to see it in the comments, listeners. If you're still here, I know there's seven or eight of you that are still fucking here. We need to see it in the comments. There's going to be a post about this. If it's homage, uh, I will quit the fucking podcast. <laughs> I don't. I don't want anybody to post because we need three people on this. Podcast. It's, it's homage. It's definitely pay homage. Homage. I've never heard homage, that's but that I'm not saying that it's that's not that right. That's sounding it out shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> it can be either. It can be either. Not in most states. <laughs> Webster's New York World, New or Webster's New World Dictionary recognizes two equally accepted pronunciations of either homage or homage. I, I have no support for homage. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I... I I love you. I'm not trying to be a bag of dicks here. I'm just saying I have no support for homage. I've never used homage before, but that's fine. If that's uh, everyone, and some people say crick, some people say hey, creek. I'm gonna pay. I'm look. That's some Florida necks. shit. I'm telling you, that's some Florida shit right there. Like that's what I should be saying, or that's definitely what my neighbors say. Let's pay some homage to this motherfucker. Like, come on. <laughs> That's I, that's the only I, I, that's the only word that I've ever heard from anyone that I've ever talked to. I've never heard homage before. We got we got to get Jay out of Palatan, Mike. <laughs> I've, I, 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 I've, I've heard people around. use that that pronunciation of it. I think I've probably used it. I think I probably used both at some point in my life. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with with what Jay said. I'm on Jay's side. You look up that Mike Tyson dictionary. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've may have traveled more, if equal to, if not more than you have. So I've, I've seen a little bit of everything, but that's all good. A different, to, different argument for a different time, Jay. To each their own. To each their own. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know where we were, but I was JJ Spawn's shirt. I was yeah, talking about JJ Spawn's shirt, and I thought that it was. Uh, I I don't. I would not wear that shirt, obviously, because I don't think it's very. Uh, flattering either uh but I, I i could see why he would want to put it on no, and, i get why state. he did it but yeah it's, it's not it wasn't a very you know good looking shirt but I, I think that when it comes down to it i think the pga tour if they they're the ones that have to regulate what these guys they they can't regulate the they need the, to let they need to loosen that up though let, let's make it more fun let's let these guys have maybe. a little bit sure I mean, sure and they're the ones that 
that have to make the they have to draw the line somewhere because if you if you if you don't then guys will wear whatever they want to wear jeans and you know a t-shirt so you you have to set set the standards somewhere or another and if if it means you you want guys to tuck the shirts in then they have to put that in the bylaws and i haven't read haven't read those in a long time i'm not sure if that's still still a part of what they say in the past it was but you know well so my my whole thing on golf attire has nothing to do with the PJ tour because I don't care what the PJ tour does or live tour wearing shorts. Like to me, it's more, we want to talk attire. That's about, you know, our average everyday golf courses and country clubs and golf clubs and however you want to say, you know, attire there. That's where things need to get a little younger and hipper and more modern. Like, I, I don't care what the PJ tour does. I don't think if they wear shorts or pants, is it really going to drastically affect the thoughts of, the average guy who is going to the golf course to the next day, you know? So do you think the live tour when they wear shorts and you see them, do you think it diminishes the product at all? No, I could care less. I I don't think it, I feel the same way. I I don't think it, I don't think it diminishes the product, but I also don't think it's as cool as the live guys think it is. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I'm just, my perspective is that if they're wearing shorts, pants, clown pants, joggers, whatever it does, whatever it is, it, 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 it doesn't diminish the product for me. I, no, I could, I it doesn't add to the product though either. That, but that's my point. So why not allow it? Yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with shorts. Yeah, PJ. I mean, the PJ tour will get there. They're allowing shorts in in practice rounds now, so uh, it'll happen. So, um, speaking of live, you see, they lost another executive, Mike. Mike, or sorry, Matt Goodman. He was the director of franchises. Is now out. He left the company. He resigned as well. So another negative blow when team golf so important to them allegedly. And it's but the- it is and it isn't though. We can't make too big a deal out of that because it's a it's a new brand. It's a it's realistically it is a. Uh, a, a startup at this point, and you see a lot of guys go in and out when you have a new brand, whatever it is, a new company. It, you see a lot of turnover at the top because you have a new brand. And ultimately, while it is a blow to their infrastructure, it's also not something that is totally unrealistic as well. Because it's a live tour, this shit is getting politicized and it's getting, um, it's getting all the airtime that it could ever need. But outside of that, that's not something that's unreal, unrealistic when you talk about a new brand and a startup company. Yeah, but I, I, I get you. I hear you there. But the two guys that have left recently that we know of, one was in charge of getting a TV deal, which is hugely important to their success, has left. The other guy is director of the franchises, which everyone is telling us is their whole valuation and where they're going to make money and sell these franchises to billionaires to buy. You're losing those two guys in two critically important areas for your success is not great. I don't disagree with, with that. less they, than two months away from the, the start of the season. Them. But financially, they will be, have the ability to replace. Oh, them yeah. I, quality, I understand they're going to replace them. But when you lose the personnel. So we were told there was going to be all kinds of all kinds of announcements and changes to some of the team names and logos. And but we have to admit, we have to admit that the media is making this bigger, uh, a bigger deal than it really is in the in the grand scheme. I'm not really sure they are. They just announced it. I mean, no one's made a big deal of it. 
But when a lot of companies have these sort of personnel changes, it's not announced. It's not scrutinized under the magnifying glass that the Libtor is. Sure. It's on a, you know, most companies aren't as publicly invested when you've got Greg Norman, who's in front of the media at all times, although they have been Actually, eerily, most companies eerily are quiet. publicly invested. But this is a socially public investment. Not a financially public investment. I didn't mean investment from dollar. I, I'm just talking. I'm. I'm. Th- I'm most I'm companies aren't got, on TV we, or on the we news. We have to judge them against their peers to a certain extent. I agree uh, with you. Okay. And I'm not saying I'm not saying you're incorrect, but at the same time, we have to also understand the reality of the situation and that the media plays a big, uh, a, a big, uh, uh, is a major player in the perception of this league, and there is a negative perception of it. And ultimately, they are playing on to that. Yeah, but nothing's being made of this. This was just in an article saying, hey, this guy's gone. Like, it's not like Correct. the media's not playing it up, playing it down. The it, media has just said it's happened. It, so why, it, why is that their fault? Because it doesn't get reported with a lot of other major organizations when this sort of personnel change exists. I agree that this is in the public format it, it, it's it's out there they've they've people. pushed themselves into the public format they're without the ones question without question but a lot of brands have where certain things don't get scrutinized the same way live is being scrutinized to the nth degree no matter what happens any sure. movement that gets made at live um is unfortunately negatively publicized in most media outlets and it, it's it's just a statement of fact and regardless of where it shakes up they're going to put someone else in there. I'm not saying he's better or worse than the guy that was there. I don't know that data to factually back that up with anything. But at the same time, the media is making a lot of things would live bigger than they need to be. And I think we have to acknowledge that. Okay, sure. I like I acknowledged it. Is it good or bad that the director of franchises has gone <laughs> five weeks before the ter- start of the season? I, I, I don't know what the fuck you're arguing. I don't know what the fuck you're arguing about there. I just want to go on the record that I appreciate your acknowledgement. Okay. <laughs> there we go. I, I now regret bringing it up in the first place. Uh, this I is, will. You, I did. I did want to lead into it. Take this as Liv has been eerily quiet. Way more so than I thought they would be. I thought there'd be all kinds of leaks, rumors, speculation. We still don't even know the full tour tour schedule yet of where all the venues are, what all the dates are. We haven't heard of any rumors recently of guys leaving. Well, we haven't I, seen any of these new team names or team logos or hear about these billionaire investors. We haven't heard about a TV deal. We haven't even heard about a rumor of a TV deal. It's been eerily quiet. And I actually think that's a very bad thing for Liv because people are forgetting Liv. People are forgetting the golfers that are on Liv. They're not forgetting the golfers that are on live, but they're definitely forgetting live in the spotlight. And ultimately mm-hmm. it just, it all makes sense. I mean, it's not, it's not ignorant to figure out why. I mean, the guys are generating a fraction of the income that they thought they would. Uh, you got to think that there's, there has to be some reasonable minded individual behind this fund that eventually looked at someone and said, boys, we've spent this much. We've brought in this much. We have to curb it at some point. Yeah. We we have yeah. to we have to try to right this ship. We can't just we're not going to keep going in. And that's just what it feels like, especially with the silence. 
because if they were going to keep spending money the way they spent money to start off, which I understand why they did, they want to make a big splash, but now they're contractually obligated to fill these contracts that they have already signed with very little revenue coming in on the back end of it. So now they're contractually obligated to fill these contracts and, and, and to go ahead and pay these up in full with very little revenue coming in on the back end. And that's not how this business plan was set out to begin with. You know, they hit hurdles that they didn't foresee. And they have guys that are collecting paychecks without any money coming in. And the only thing that makes sense to me and on an incredibly ignorant spectrum, because it's tough for me to, at my educational level, to understand where these guys are, but in a total common sense perspective, it's like, it just seems to me that there's someone who's like, all right, so we tried this. We've been trying this. We're now contractually obligated to hundreds of millions of dollars in payout with very little return on our investment. So we have to either write this ship or we have to cut the spin somewhere. And it seemed like the spin's been cut. I'm sure they're going to come back in full force when the tournament schedule pops up, but I don't think we will see the egregious spending that we have seen thus far. I think they're still going to try to make this work, but they're not out. I don't think, and I don't know this, but I, it, it feels like they're not out there, you know, trying to gain new players with big contracts right this second. I think they it's, have to be, to be successful. Without, I don't disagree with that. It just seems like the, the reins are doing that tightened. It just seems like yeah. the reins have been tightened. I agree with you, Mike. They're going to well, be successful. Just, they if, have if to the keep reins, the up. If the reins have already been tightened, after this beta season, as they called it, yeah, then let's just just pack up the shop now and just be done with it. I mean, I don't disagree with that either, and that wouldn't surprise me at all if they came out and said that they paid everyone out their full contract with one payment, one lump sum, and cashed it in. That wouldn't surprise me at all. These guys will take two to three years off. They'll spend. I, mean, too I just. Much. And I just thought they were going to pay a big fee to gain membership back to the PJ. Be constant news and buzz and Greg Norman all over the fucking place, stirring up buzz for the second season, which is supposed to be their first full season. And, you know, first f- with, with a full roster of players for all events and not guys coming in and out like the first season. And I don't know, it's been just very, very quiet. And so either they're going to come with a big, Splash here in the next couple of weeks. Um, it's supposed to start in Mayakoba in February. And but I don't know. It's just anyways. I don't want to I don't want to be that negative media and get, you know, upset McLean. I want to acknowledge that I'm the negative media at against Liv. <laughs> I've acknowledged it. You've already acknowledged it. All right, it's let's fine. get Let's get to our picks. So, Mr. Jay Woodson won our DraftKings picks last week. Got me by like five points. Tom, it, got, it did get close at the end. Tom Hoagie just went brain dead at the end and went on a barrage. And Jay beat me by a few. Our McLean comes in third. Our season-long point total, McLean at 38, Jay at 29. Myself at 23. And so McLean's uh, at 38? 38. Okay. We're not, I mean, it's, it's, we're it's all early. We got a lot of golf spin. left. We got yeah, a lot, a lot of, of golf, golf left. Yeah. A lot of golf left. So this week left. we got Sony Open still in Hawaii. 
just about as opposite of a golf course as you can get. Um, Kapalua was long and big and hilly, and this is short and tight and flat. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different guys that can kind of contend at, at Sony. It obviously brings in a lot of the short players. But, um, yeah, I, I'm going to go first. I had a hard time with this because there were so many guys that I wanted to pick. I changed my lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how many. I, you know, obviously there's six guys in a lineup. I probably had a different combination of 15 guys at, at some point in and out and trying to work out the math and the numbers. And so uh, we'll see. I, I'm not sure if I love what I settled on. I did not. I stayed away from the top guys. I stayed away from the real high dollar um crew i do think i'm gonna say right now i think tom kim wins this tom kim or someone on my squad i got here who's gonna contend (laughs) but i i don't have tom kim on my squad but i think he wins this uh this is just tailor-made uh for his game so i'm gonna go uh a flyer here a big flyer at sixty five hundred dollars not even a full pga tour member playing under the sponsors exemption Cole Hammer. Mm. He had You're a good series. Yeah. Is he on your squad? That was like, go ahead. Just <laughs> fucking proceed. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he had a couple good events in the fall when he got into RSM. He came in fifth, top 30 at the Houston Open. He's got to maximize his opportunities. Um, without a full card to get these sponsors exemptions to get enough points to get more uh, entry and climb up that priority ranking. So I'm going with a little bit of a flyer here. Cole Hammer, 6,500. Now professional, had a, just an outstanding amateur career at Texas. So we'll we'll see uh, how my flyer goes there. Then I go up to uh, $8,000. That was a great deal. Andrew Putnam, his game plays well. Little He's buddy. been playing well all fall. He's got a little rested. Hopefully his game carries over to what, you know, the top 30s he was having back in the fall. So I like Andrew Putnam at 8,000. Then I go up to Keith Mitchell. He plays this golf course very, very well. So I'm going to hope he does that again. And he's recently has been playing pretty well going back into the fall. Sneaky guy, I think he's going to get top 10 this week. Has been playing well ever since the President's Cup. uh, $8,500 Cam Davis. I think you see his name on the leaderboard this weekend. Then I go up to potentially the winner. If Tom Kim doesn't win, 9,000. Taylor Montgomery will win this week if Tom Kim doesn't. So mark it down. I picked John Rahm to win last week. Got it right. So all the listeners out there, throw down a few shekels. You're welcome. Tom Kim, <laughs> still lost. he's still lost for all you listeners. I still predicted the winner. And then my last guy uh, plays well, very well at this golf course, has some good um, vibes, has been playing well in the fall. Uh, top 20 this past week, Corey Connors, $9,600. So that's my squad. Uh, after I verbalize it out loud, I do feel better about it. <laughs> but like you I should. said, there's a lot of good options uh I felt like for this week. Nice. Jaber? Um yeah, I'll roll. Um I'll start at the bottom. Um this guy has 
uh, played well on this golf course, but it has not been recent. Um, he's won here twice. He's uh, sixty one hundred bucks. Uh, he's been not playing well in the last couple of years, but you know, here's a here's a chance. Um, uh, sixty one hundred dollars, Jimmy Walker. I'm wow. hoping he can he can find a way to make the cut. Give me a top thirty finish at sixty one hundred bucks. Um, and it just fit. Uh, it fit my it fit my list here. So, um, you know, like I said, you never know. Hopefully he's recharged with the new year. He's healthy. I mean, he's had a bunch of crazy things going on in his life in the last four or five years, Lyme disease and, and so forth. And I, that's obviously is, is the reason that he hasn't played well uh, for so long. But you never know. Um, so at that price, I'll give him a shot. Uh, I'll jump up 7000 bucks. Robbie Shelton uh, He's a pretty, pretty talented kid, drives it super straight but pretty long. Um, I don't think he's played this golf course before. So again, another, another kind of a gamble, but again, I've played with Robbie before. Uh, I, this dude is talented. Like I'm surprised he hasn't, he hasn't played better uh, up until this point. Um, but he's a really, really solid player. Um, and then uh, I'll jump up to, uh, I got $7,900 uh, Matt Kuchar who has played well here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is, this course is kind of right up his alley. If he wins, if he gets hot and makes some putts and then, yeah, he can win. I know he's getting up there in age, but this, this, the, it not being a super long golf course, I feel like he, he can get around this golf course uh, and, and finish in the top 10 easy. Um, and then I jump up to 8,700 bucks. K H Lee who obviously coming off of a seventh place finish last week. I know a little bit different uh, golf course, seventh, third place finish at, C- at the CJ cup in the fall. Um, but I think this, this kind of golf course is tailor made for him. He's been playing some good golf, making some birdies um, and it kind of matches up with, uh, yeah, with yeah, what his skill set is at 8,700 bucks. So then I move up to my heavy hitters. Uh, two of which have already been named. Uh, Corey Connors plays this golf. Of course, really well. Again, I played quite a bit of golf with Corey Connors, incredible driver of the golf ball, incredible ball striker. Um, and it just, it just, it fits his, it fits his game. Um, the one hang up with Corey is if he gets hot with his putter, then he's going to be in contention. Um, and the last three years he's played here, he's got an 11th place finish, a 12th place finish, and a third place finish. So I, I would I would suspect that he would have another good another good week and to round it all out um, as Mikey said earlier he predicted this winner Mr Tom Kim at ten thousand five hundred I think is what it is yep I, it, he's just playing good golf I mean I don't know how else to say it he hasn't played this golf course before but his strong suit is. Uh, He's a great ball striker again, and a very straight go- driver of the golf ball, and an incredible, incredible putter. So, I don't see, I don't see why he would not be in contention. You know, it's hard to predict a winner, but I, I would not, I would, it would not surprise me if he were in the top five uh, at the end of this week. Yep, love it. All right, boys, I'm going to roll through this quickly. Sixty-five hundred for the reasons that have already been mentioned, Mister Cole Hammer. 
I think he's someone who's getting ready to make a a charge on the scene. I think he's one of the new young up and coming players that now has status and he he's got a little bit of a good pedigree behind him. Uh, a lot of success out at uh, University of Texas. Obviously, a lot of success in the amateur game as well. So, looking for him to contend, sixty-five hundred. Uh, moving up from there, I've got Mister Adam Svensson, seventy-five hundred guy who's been in contention as of late. I think he's going to do well. I'll be honest; I did not make these picks based off of the golf course. I made these picks based off of honestly who I felt was in good in good form and someone who could play well. Uh, that may end up biting me in the ass, but ultimately, yes. this is where we find Spencer ourselves. cost me last week. Doesn't affect me this week. Fucker. <laughs> uh, moving up from there, guy who plays a lot, Mr. Siwoo Kim, 8,200. I felt like Siwoo. that was a pretty good value pick. Shaking that Moving up one time, one, uh, 200 bucks from him, another great value pick, Mr. JJ Spawn at $8,400. Hawaiian shirt himself. I expect to see some more untuck it <laughs> and ultimately a couple of button downs at the same time. Let's see where Just we go. Paying homage to the state, man. Paying <laughs> homage. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone does that, but uh, we can keep moving. <laughs> uh, moving up from there, I've got a guy who's in great form, kind of reinvigorated game. Uh, trying to submit himself again as one of the top players on tour, Mr. Keegan Bradley. Yeah, uh, I like that. I had him in one of my yeah. lineups at one point. I, a ball striker. I, I just he's one of those guys that he, he's kind of reinvigorated. It seems like he's ready to try and get back into that that tight circle of top players in the world, which he he did infiltrate at one time. We'll he had a good twenty twenty two. Yeah, and, and I'm looking for him to to build on that. Hey, real then, fast, McLean, too. He also falls in a category. Mike, these are him. my picks. No, I'm telling you why you have a good pick. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give you a compliment here, but I'm sorry. I don't want to be the I'm just kidding. Media. I'm just kidding. Go, go, go. <laughs> he falls in the category. I forget who it was posted on Twitter. Uh, it, it was like eight of the last 12, something like that, winners at Sony. They played the week before at Century and had won in the fall series before that and keegan bradley falls into that he won the zozo in japan in the fall played last week so he falls into that category so there you go how many how many players that did to fall into that that little it was like eight of the last 12 winners or something like that really yeah yeah I, wow. mike mike obviously i was aware of that statistic <laughs> <laughs> moving forward uh, that's great my my horse, which I can't wait. Uh, the winner of this golf tournament, Mister Jordan. Smith. I knew it. I, <laughs> you were gonna say that. I can't believe it. He's gonna win. Oh, it sets up perfectly for him to go out there and make a couple of mistakes and make nineteen <laughs> miracles to overcome them. Oh God, I would love. I would it. love to see Steve Greller going at on the back look, nine. He's gonna chip uh. in. 12 times over the course of the week he's gonna three putt nine times and win by three <laughs> and the and the and we get the pleasure of listening to him and greller like go through on the back oh, nine on wait. sunday they're yeah. gonna be analyzing every look, well this blade of grass fell this way this one fell this way i mean i i think the wind is i think it's dead 100%. i don't know but 100 I mean, what do you think look they're gonna discuss in length who's going to hoist the trophy properly and what the wind direction is to minimize damage. If, if it's like a Tom Kim, Jordan Spieth final pairing, 
I will watch with my pants off. It will be, it'll be so good. <laughs> it'll be like Tom Brady jerking off Larry Bird. Oh man, <laughs> just, it, that's heaven. That's a wet dream right there. He just can't be stopped. <laughs> Larry Bird. Larry Bird, Kario <laughs> Skrimsky, and who else can we throw in there? Bobby yeah, Orr. Fucking Kevin Bobby Uclis. Orr. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, man. God, that'd be so good. Oh, I'm rooting for it now. Spieth, Tom Kim, final grouping. Oh, Gosh, the, the ratings. I just want to know roof. what YouTube uh, rabbit hole you're about to go down trying to find a Tom Grady or Tom Brady <laughs> fucking Larry Bird jerk off video. So you go to bed. That's funny. I got, I got, you can see right here. I got, there's a Tom Brady, Tom Brady picture next to a David Ortiz, Bobby Orr. And then I got the big three with Mikhail, Parrish, and Bird there and a little, yeah, uh, yeah. And a ball of Jergens on the side table. I love it. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Do you feel better that you buy it at Costco too? Because you get it in bulk. Yeah, I don't feel bad about wasting it. You know. Yeah. Hey, that Kirkland. Extra. Hey, that Kirkland lotion's just as good. Trust. <laughs> Trust. You love Kirkland's. Trust. You need to start repping Kirkland stuff. Uh, Signature. I'll go on board. Signature. On board. <laughs> oh shit! That was fun. All right, gents. You guys got anything else for this evening? Have nothing else. No, let's Better do be it. Up in seven hours and get some kids to school. There you go. Love it. Parenting duties never stop. So, to all of our listeners, we appreciate it. Thank you. Enjoy the Sony, and we'll be back next week. Cheers.